Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. In this week's episode, I'm going to take you through some considerations about when it's time for questions or comments. The reason why I'm doing this is because it's one of the best ways to know if you're being effective. How else would you know? If you're new to the podcast, I'm really happy that you're here. If you've listened to us before, thanks for coming back. In episode 287, I talked about when it's time to call for a meeting. Now I'm going to change my attention to when is it time to stop and field questions. And it's actually one of the questions that I get most when I give brief courses. People are given a presentation, they've got some remarks, they're doing a briefing, and they just don't know, like, what's the right time. And then they make the big mistake. Wonder what that is? is they ask people on the spot, any questions? And what do people do? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been in a class like this. You've been in a presentation. You've been in a town hall. You've seen this happen time and time again. The presenter, the communicator, the briefer says, any questions? And crickets, no questions. Or you get a random question. But it's, it's really, it could be so much better. It could be so much different. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Now, none of this is complicated, but all of it's intentional. The irony is when a person asks you a good question and they have the permission and place to do it, the irony is that it gives you permission to talk longer. You know, one of the things about being brief is not that you don't want people talking, is that you want permission given for people to talk more versus people go, please stop, like I've had enough. Well, these moments to ask a question or to make a comment can become strategically designed to allow you the space and the okay to keep on going. When before you're like, I don't know, I might say too much. Um, in a recent episode, I did on asking better questions, quiet queries, coming up with questions. One of the things that I want you to think about in this episode is that in the moment, most people aren't good at asking questions. So a consideration here is, all right, well, what do I, what do, I do then? And that's what I'm going to take you through. Now, I want you to envision this. You are, you're in a classroom, you're taking a class, and the instructor's taking you through um, material, and you're going to be in there for an hour. When do you think that person should field questions? Are you the type of person that says, well, it depends? Are you the type of person that says at the end of the presentation? But what about during the presentation? Wouldn't that make the person teaching lose you know, their train of thought? You know, when I was, when I was in high school many years ago, the, uh, we had this teacher who, um, when we would make comments or ask questions, we would intentionally ask questions that were completely off the wall to get him talking about something else so he wouldn't teach the class. And he loved telling war stories and back when he was a kid and stuff, so we would always bait him into this. Well, naturally, he started figuring out that we were doing this, and that was the way we got him off topic and not have to go through class that day. But what is your approach? Do you, do you want questions? Do you not want questions? Do you want people to, to hold off? You know, what do you what do you do? So the simple rule of thumb is 
it de- oftentimes it depends on the length. So if it's what you're going to say is if you're giving uh, remarks or something that's very, very short, it's, it, it would be okay to say you want to hold off to the end. But I'm talking about minutes right now, you know, five, ten minutes maybe, max. So if it's a relatively short amount of time. Now, if you're talking for a longer period of time, like so mid-level or longer, you know, 10, 15 minutes, hour or whatever, you absolutely want to break, break it up. Think of it like intermissions, pauses that are placed inside the whole thing. Um, and that's just one way of looking at, like, when is the right time to, to ask for questions and comments. The second thing is just not everybody has a question, but they might have a comment or an observation. So I created this thing called QCO, and we teach in our courses. And it just was me just doing this for, you know, years teaching and I just wanted more questions. I wasn't seeing more questions. And then I, uh, a friend of mine gave me some coaching. He's like, you know what? What you need to do is give people time to formulate a question. So what we started doing was I just got on the board one day and I just like wrote QCO on the board. Right. And I would tell people, okay, for the next minute or whatever, two minutes, depending on how often I do them, take out a piece of paper, write down a question that you have, and I prefer questions. And they give you a little bit of your parameters. I want the questions to be related to the topic. Don't go off. Or maybe I want it to be questions about anything. And if you don't have a question, maybe make a comment or see if there's a challenge or an observation. And I would give people some time and quiet to just think about that for a minute or two. Now, you can do this a lot of different ways. But let's say you're giving a presentation or you're teaching a class. That might be a moment where you plan for those QCO breaks and you have a discussion. Now, for me, in the work that we do at the Brief Lab, those moments become really important because I'm gauging in that moment where their head's at in the conversation. I'm also giving them a chance to talk. I'm giving them a chance to think. I'm giving them a chance to like get involved in, this, in the discussion versus just me talking at them. So my tendency of lecturing, maybe, learn by lecture, is not how it's going to work. It's, it's learn by doing, and they have to talk. I heard this quote years ago from a friend of mine, a really, really smart guy who's an expert at experiential learning, and he said that he believes deeply that the person who's talking is the person who's learning. So if the instructor or the presenter is doing all the talking, that's the only people that person that's really doing all the learning. So this QCO or questions, challenges, or observations, or questions, comments, or observations, can be a moment for people to just take a break, think about what's on their mind, write it down, and then you go around the room. Now, please don't ask. This is a side little sidebar rabbit hole. I just like the acronym QCO, but I don't know exactly what the difference between a comment or an observation is, but somehow it gives people the freedom to be able to not ask a question but also say something that's something that they're thinking about or observing or just want to comment to. I don't think there's any huge difference, actually, but... Call it questions, challenges, and observations if it makes you feel better. I think the last criteria, honestly, is I just call it anytime, all the time. You know, don't be afraid of them. I think a lot of people are afraid, like, if I ask, if, if people ask questions, it's just going to, I've got all this material to cover. I would really encourage you to resist that fear. Anytime, all the time. If I can get a person, if I can hear what a person's thinking, get them asking a question or telling me what's on their mind, that's always beneficial.
Because when you communicate, no matter what the form, if I'm giving a presentation, I'm pitching an idea, I'm teaching a class, I'm you know, giving a keynote, whatever that might be, you always want to have it be a conversation. Always. Now, I know that there's moments where it's difficult to have it be a conversation, but we always have to find a way to get other people talking. Why? Because it's one of the best ways of knowing if they're tracking with what we're saying. If their questions are all over the place or have nothing to do with what you're saying, it means they aren't following what you're saying. And you don't want to leave that to the end to find that out. And this is something that I I really want you to keep this in mind when you're communicating is wanting to be clear doesn't mean you're clear. Hoping to be clear doesn't mean you're clear either. You need to know. Now, this is very difficult to know. And it's difficult for me to know. And it's difficult for you to know. And when I ask this question, I've asked it many, many times, how do you know if you were effective when communicating with somebody? One of the best answers is when people are asking you good questions. Well, if you're not giving them time or stopping for them, how do you know? You just blew right past it and that opportunity was lost. And it's just, it's, 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 it's a tragedy because it was an opportunity to start a conversation. So as you think about... Um, moments where you're communicating with people, you want to think about where you can insert these opportunities for comments or questions and have them done deliberately. Now, realize that in larger settings, people are reluctant to ask questions because, no surprise, they're afraid of looking stupid or asking a question that nobody else has and they do and they look like they're just out of, out of tune. So one of the things that I might do is if the group starts getting larger and you don't feel like they've really, they're, they trust each other, is I've always felt like it's a good idea to take out like cue cards, like three by five, five by seven cards and buy a stack of cards, you know, and bring them with you. And then when you get to that moment, you know, pass them out. I share a story when I teach courses at the Brief Lab of an instance that I had to observe um, a large-scale military briefing. In essence, it was a large presentation made to 100, I guess about 150 people, soldiers, and I had the opportunity of standing in the back of the room, and the presenter didn't know that I wrote a book called Brief and that I was giving the next briefing to a different group of soldiers, but I had a chance to watch this person brief for an hour and 10 minutes. And it was like a high-ranking I don't know if it was an officer or a non-commissioned officer, but it was a high-ranking leader in the military talking to a bunch of soldiers. Now, I can tell you that for an hour and 10 minutes, nearly all the time was that person talking at people. And at the end of what was already an exhausted audience, he stopped and he said, are there any questions? Now, as you can imagine, Nobody at that point wanted to stay a minute longer, and everybody just wanted to get out of there. And it was really funny in this particular instance, there were two people that had a question. Everybody else in the room wanted to strangle them. <laughs> I don't know if they literally did, but they, but they were like, please don't ask any questions. We want to leave. We want to go home. And I, if I had a look at that situation, and I did a podcast on this a number of years ago, 
give that person a recommendation, this is what I would have told them to do. Number one, make the presentation shorter for sure. Number two, and tell me right up front what the point of the presentation is and why I would care. And number three, please build in breaks for people to say something. Now, if a person didn't want to do that, what I would have done is at the end handed out these five by seven, three by five cards and to tell all the participants, I'm going to give you a minute to write down two things. Number one, write in 10 words or less what I've been talking about for the last X amount of time. And number two, write down a question, a comment, or an observation you have and anonymously hand them in. And then from those, you gather them and then you read them. Now, that technique of doing that creates the conversation a moment people start talking. Now, if you want people to start talking, that's the time to stop and field questions and comments. Just build it in. But don't be thinking any questions because that's going to be the conversation killer. It's an absolute ticket for people not to take the invitation. And that's, obviously, it sounds silly and it is silly to do that. Don't do it. Okay, so that's, there's, this is just, there's always, always time to stop for questions. Just like there's always a time to stop the podcast. Like now. Just saying.